Are the Cubs actually trying to win the NL Central? Well, they made their first big move signing Shota Imanaga. And are the Reds actually making some sneaky good moves? It could be the Cubs and the Reds in the NL Central. I join Sully from Locked On MLB to discuss a very strange division on this crossover episode of Locked On MLB and Locked On Reds. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. And welcome to my sixth year being a host here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm looking forward to another fun year of talking baseball all year long. You can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram, and also here on YouTube, please click, please subscribe, please tell people you know who are there, who may enjoy the show, and follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods. I'm your pal, with Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on the Instagrams. And hey, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So what you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Well, today, I am not flying solo. I am going to be bringing on one of the people I've known this entire journey of being here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You know him as the man with the finest pipes because he does a lot of the announcements during the breaks and also, he is the illustrious and bearded host of Locked on Reds. Please say hello to Jeff Carr. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. I, I realize it's my sixth year in Locked on Reds. So, yeah, yeah, six years all around. Yeah, I mean, who's been there long? I know Stacy's been, Stacy Gotsulius on Locked on Yankees has been there longer than. I think she's got us both beat, but yeah, we're right there with her. And then I think Bryce was right there around us as well yeah, there at yeah. Locked on Rangers. Yeah, Bryce Patrick used to co-host with Morgan Price, and now it's Bryce mm. Patrick uh, alone. And, but but Morgan's come back from time to time, and who's been the friend of this podcast as well. Hey, uh, before we get going, we're going to have a very National League Central show, especially with the Cubs making a huge signing. Uh but how big a signing is it, we'll discuss. But let's talk a little bit about the trivia question that I dropped the other day, which was, who are the only two teams to have not played in a league championship series this century? And unfortunately, Jeff Carr, one of them, is your beloved Cincinnati Reds, who came within one Scott Rowland foul ball from the National League Championship Series in 2012. Uh, Jonathan Curran is the closest one to get it right, who said the White Sox, Reds, and Pirates. He said, I'm sure there's more than one. Happy New Year to you. Oh, how people forgot the fact that the White Sox won the World Series Series in 2005. (laughs) Um, There you go. Uh, So how, how quickly remember that. Uh, Austin Lennon, by the way, said uh, the the Mariners and the Rockies. The Mariners were in the ALCS in 
2000-2001, the Rockies won a pennant. They went to the pennant in 2007. How quickly we forget. Uh, Jonathan Kern's the only one who got the two, uh, the Reds and the Pirates. The Reds were one foul ball away from going in there, and that was in 2012. And the very next year, the Pirates had the winning run at the plate in the division series against Los Angeles. And if uh, McCutcheon had homered, Pirates would have gone on and they would have faced uh, – no, no, I'm sorry. It was against uh, St. Louis. It was against St. Louis, mm-hmm. my bad. Uh, and uh, so there you go. Um, so the answer is the Reds and the Pirates, who by complete coincidence play in the same division. And they both have, I don't know, maybe images of a trip to the trip to the postseason dancing in their head. But let's you and I address the first piece of big news about – the National League Central. There's been such a stalemate of of players who are still unsigned. We're in yep. mid January right now, and the defending the the reigning Cy Young winner is still available. A lot of fine players are still available, but the Cubs signed Shota Imanaga to a four year deal uh, that has a fifth year team option. Uh, it's I don't I don't know how much the 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 he's guaranteed. It's somewhere between 50 and $80 million based upon options and everything. All I know is it's more than I'm making as a public school teacher in the past day, the unified school district, not to divulge my salary. But this is a, for Cub fans, I'm sure this is not the, the, the groundbreaking move of hoping to get Otani, hoping to get uh, Yamamoto, but this is adding who is supposed to be a good, solid, maybe number two or three starter into a rotation with Hendricks and Steele and Jameson Tyone. I mean, it's not a bad signing. What is? What was right. your thought of it initially and how you think that will move the needle at all in the National League Central? I definitely think it's a calculated risk because part of the contract I was reading is that after the second year, they can choose to pick up that fifth option and add another $17 million to the contract. But if they turn it down, if the Cubs do not pick up that option, then Imanaga has the option to become a free agent. So this could come from a four-year deal to a two-year deal very quickly. And I think there's a lot that kind of goes into that. There's There's been plenty of uh, Japanese pitchers that have come over and worked out. And on this one, I think it's a little bit of a risk because of how they've had to sort of pivot from the moves that the Cubs were expected at least to be close to making when it came to Yamamoto or Otani or I I still think they're going to spend a lot more money than they have you don't spend the kind of money you spent to lure Craig Council away from Milwaukee and then just say all right cool we're gonna sign a couple of uh iffy dudes and then we're gonna roll with it they they smell blood in the water with this NL Central that I mean the Brewers could be rebuilding tomorrow the Cardinals did all they could to revamp their rotation with all of the guys from the retirement home in Sunny Gray and that right. still only brings them up to the middle of the division in my mind so I, I I think that this division is ripe for the taking and if a young team like the Reds or the Pirates can kind of you know get right all at the same time then it could be a lot of fun well we'll cover well we'll, we'll cover your Reds and the other t- teams in mm-hmm. just a moment here but i do kind of feel like this is the it's almost like a a bone they had to throw to their fans before they had cub fan fest in the next day or so uh i mean you have some good you know you have some uh 
players like Jordan Wicks who could fit in the rotation. Ben Brown is a good prospect. I, I, I like that what they're doing is trying to at least build some pitching depth as if mm-hmm. to say they're not bringing in the big honking ace. I don't understand why they have to let Marcus Stroman go for that yeah. matter, or for that matter, why they can't sign Blake Snell. I mean, I mean, Jordan that's Montgomery, to me, one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's a couple of teams that I look at that the, the, the team that Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery, I think should, the team that should be calling them every single day is Baltimore because Baltimore yeah. has so much talent, but they had, you know, I, I was a broken record about this during the trade deadline. What the hell are you doing? Not doing adding to that rotation. Well, right. you have two really good pitchers that all, it won't cost them any of their prospects. You could just put them right in there and, and it bewilders me, but also the Cubs, if their if their strategy is, and this seems to be their strategy, to go into battle with a team whose pitching depth has improved, I mean, Imanaga and Snell, boom. Why why, why not both? And right. I and- haven't here. I haven't heard Snell being rumored with the Cubs, and uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. There, there's a lot of. I don't know. A lot of a lot of question marks surrounding what the Cubs are trying to do because you're right. I think that's the thing they need the most. I think the other player that I've heard most connected to the Cubs is just bringing back Cody Bellinger, and that's a good idea. He was really good last year. Yeah. But if they're looking to improve on where they were last year, they got to have something else, and they definitely got to add something else to the pitching staff. I think Imanaga as a whole is a pretty solid soft touching tossing pitcher that doesn't walk people like i i want to say that his walks per nine were under two for his entire career in japan so you gotta love that but as far as like the swing and miss stuff a lot of strikeouts and things like that he's more of a pitch to contact guy the cubs do have a decent like fielding infield so that could really play to their advantage but I just don't I, I don't look at this and I, I say this is the guy that they needed to get over that hump and get into the playoffs and do what they thought they were about to do last year with Stroman and with Bellinger. And and, and, it, and you're right. It does feel like they need something else to get there. This strikes me as almost an, a, a complimentary move the way that Glasnow was to Los Angeles. That then they brought in Yamamoto. If it was just Glasnow, you know, because Glasnow – is a very talented pitcher who it's it's 50 50 he's going to be a Cy Young contender or be in a full body cast by the end of the year uh and and but having him in a rotation with Yamamoto is like you're not asking him to be the big ace you're asking him to be the depth I'd like to think this is the case possibly with this move with Chicago I just don't have any evidence that that's the way it's going to go so we'll we'll take a it, the the central is such a strange division. When we come back, we're going to have a. We're, you and I are going to talk about it because obviously you have a lot of skin in this game, and the Reds. They're not getting the headlines, but they're making some smart moves. You know, you come to a show like Locked On MLB for escape of the crazy realities, but we should talk right now about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of one of the worst flu seasons in over a decade. 
And that's not good. I can't imagine a worse feeling than one of my sons getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from getting the life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we're going to be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, all sorts of things. The sort of things that can happen to any of us. So what you need to do is you need to visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off of your next order. That's jacemedical.com. Hey, uh, Jeff Carr, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports story of the day with local experts like Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds, plus national shows like this one. Locked On MLB with your pal Sully. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, as the Reds are continuing their quest to go to the National League Championship Series for the first time since 1995, they've had, I think, not a bad offseason. I, I, you know, they haven't had made the sexy moves. But you don't always have to make the sexy moves. Sometimes you have to make the smart moves. And before I get your take on uh, Candelario and some of the other things, and um, uh, Manaya and some of the other moves that Cincinnati has made, I want to point one thing out to National League Central fans, especially Cub fans and Cincinnati Reds fans. On September 27th of last year, the Cubs were a playoff team. On September 18th of last year, the Reds were a playoff team. So talking about the Cubs and the Reds as potential contenders, you were in mid to late September with them sitting in a playoff spot. And lest we forget, the last two seasons, the caboose of the National League postseason won the pennant. Philadelphia in 2022, Arizona last year. I'm sure Red fans would love to be out of that trivia question and be playing in the World Series, even if it means losing in six to the to the Astros or losing in five to, to Texas. So the Reds and the Cubs were knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. And, and lest we forget, Arizona had a terrible August. And they fumbled and stumbled the final few weeks of the season, backing into the postseason. So you're really only talking about a few games improvement for both Chicago and for Cincinnati for them to be a playoff team in 2023. So any and and Milwaukee lost their manager and may put two sticks of dynamite in their team. And there still is a rule, according to the collective bargaining agreement, that a a team for the National League Central has to be in the playoffs. 
So uh, I want to put that all in mind because the, the talk of the Reds or the Cubs of competing for the National League Central is real. So tell me your thoughts of Candelario, Manaya. What are your thoughts of the moves that they made to improve this team that already was not bad? No, and I, I think what Nick Crawl did was fix the present and, and check some boxes of needs and things like that without you know jeopardizing or, or even risking the future. I mean, Jamer Candelario is the longest term contract, and even his contract comes off the books by the time that Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McLean, the big guys hit arbitration. So they'll still have plenty of financial flexibility. And while I don't root for that, I just say that I understand it. That's how yeah. Nick Crawl has moved with his any insane Frankie Montas. And they didn't get Sean Manai, but they got Nick Martinez, who they're basically the same p- uh, pitcher. And Wait, they're they, going I thought, to be. I thought they signed Manaya. Didn't they sign Manaya? No, nah, Manaya went somewhere else. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I I, I, I'm, um, I'm sorry. I'm on night. No, no, and that's okay. Uh, but but Nick Martinez is, is, is of the same ilk because they signed him. He's going to compete for a starter spot. What's likely to happen is he starts out in the bullpen, but he's still going to make 10, 12, whatever starts this year. And he's going to pitch multiple innings out of the pen for the Reds. And you're still able to feature all of these young players. I mean, you're not jeopardizing Hunter Green's chances of being the opening day starter. You're not jeopardizing Nick Lodolo. Should he return healthy his spot in the rotation or Andrew Abbott or Graham Ashcraft, but you're adding to them with a guy like Frankie Montas. who, if he can be the 2021 Frankie Montas, then this pitching staff is going to be ridiculous. By the way, I mixed up my former A's pitchers who were dumped. After they, Montas, I, I yeah. got Manaya and Montas. <laughs> mixed up in my head forgive me i can't keep track of every player the a's have dumped over the last <laughs> few years there's just too many of them and so and i realized it's one of those wait didn't they sign a former A's? right they That's right. it was Montas, not manaya sorry my bad and there was there was you know coming into this offseason there was a outcry from the fan base for reliability like going out and signing a dude who has done it for multiple years and whatever you got to pay you pay that and you bring him in and let's see if the reds can make the playoffs with that guy they didn't quite do that but i don't think that they just punted the thing down the field like they still spent plenty of money they even got emilio pagan to help out with the depth of the Mm -hmm. bullpen and Look, Candelario being your... I love the Pagan signing. That is a low-risk, very high ceiling. You're not asking him to be the second coming of Mariano Rivera. You're asking him to be bullpen depth. And we've seen over the last bunch of years, having pitching depth in, in, in your team is the name of the game. And I think having enough starting pitchers at the in, in your rotation where you're where a couple of them can click and you hope that you have the chance that's what led Arizona to the freaking World Series last year oh, is yeah. and and why I still think why the Dodgers could win 119 games and yet I would still lean towards Arizona in a short series because they have the better rotation even with Yamamoto but that's but I digress let's stick to the central uh, I think that bringing in pitchers with low risk high reward, is the smartest thing you can do for the Reds. Montas and that pitched, is- faced seven more batters than I did last year, but you know when he pitches well, he's a solid pitcher. And and that's something that I think Nick Crawls hung his hat on. And really all of the trades that brought in the prospects who turned into the players that now make up the core of this team 
weren't really considered anything but salary dumps at the time. They're like, okay, maybe these prospects turn into something. And then all of a sudden, bam, they are the core of the team. And so now that he's tasked with filling in the, the holes in this roster and where they need to get better at, he has found a way to do this without having to bend over backwards for the market. That is just insane right now. I mean, any of the reliable pitchers that, you know, we were kind of hoping for the reds to go get are just going to cost so much, not necessarily in money, but in years. And the right. reds didn't want to hamstring themselves with a long-term contract that, Maybe they get the best out of that guy for the first four years, but then there's another two, three, four years after that where he's either not usable or just barely league average. And then you're looking around like, well, we got to address these other needs, but because we're a small market team, the excuse that I hate, but it's what they will tell us until we're, you know, no longer rooting for baseball teams. That's what would happen is they get hamstrung by these deals. So Nick crawl understands that he made moves for today with an eye on tomorrow. And also keep in mind when you have a team with the Greens and the Abbots, you know, you they're going to be one more year uh, of experience on the team. You know, right. you're going to you have your Encarnacion Strands, you have your, you know, obviously you have your De La Cruz, you have your McLeans. They the the brilliant thing they did last year, and you and I talked about this last year, and why this is a revolutionary concept, I don't understand. They said. I have an idea. Why don't we have our 26 best healthy players on the major league roster? And now you've seen all those players have had a year of being in the major league level, competing at that level, having some ups, having the thrill of seeing them, you know, at one point getting to first place and the frustration of them missing the playoffs, but still finishing the season with a winning record. It's the the example that I love going back to, and you and I have talked about this, is when Kansas City put together, made some deals, and they wound up having a winning season in 2013. They didn't make the playoffs, but the culture was, hey, we won. We put together a decent team. And then, of course, that led perfectly to Kansas City fans to back-to-back pennants and winning a title. And I think that exact thing is going to happen this year for the Reds. I think they're going to get to game seven of the world series in 2024 and win it all in 2025. I like that thought. And I, there, there's something that it comes to the reasoning behind my optimism continuing for this year. And the reason why I think that the Reds are going to be a division contender, but I can give that to you in just a moment. Oh, really? I forgot to hit the, yeah. Before we do that, though, let's tell uh, tell everybody about FanDuel, the other sponsor of today's episode, because FanDuel's got all kinds of great promos for you as you're heading into the NFL playoffs and you've got NBA basketball, NCAA basketball rolling along. And hey, there's MLB futures as well that you can jump into on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. They've got a great promo. Bet $5, win or lose, you get $150 in bonus bets back. That's right. I, I usually pick some good picks, but sometimes I pick wrong picks. They'll give you 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose if you're a new user. So head to fanduel.com slash lockdown right now. You can check out NL Central futures. We were talking about the NL Central on today's podcast. Right now, the St. Louis Cardinals are the favorites to win the division. They, they came in last. Last year, they signed Sonny Gray and a bunch of guys from the local retirement community to come and pitch for them. They're Lance the favorite for some reason. Lance Lynn. 
Kyle Gibson. Yeah, all these guys, they're the favorites. Reds are fourth, plus 450 to win the NL Central. I may I think put some money on that. Plus 450? It's a value. There, I mean, people start throwing money on that over at FanDuel. It's going to go down, but right now it's a value. So check it out. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Your first $5 bet, win or lose, going to get you $150 in bonus bets. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On. By the way, this is how much I don't follow the NFL. Uh, I turned the TV on this Sunday thinking, like, oh, playoffs must have started already. <laughs> well, they keep adding weeks to the season. I mean, I today I is – or we're recording this Wednesday night. It's the, the anniversary of the coldest football game ever. Do you know who played in, those, in that game, Sully? I'm going to guess it was uh, uh, Dallas and Green Bay. The Cincinnati Bengals and the San Diego Chargers at in San Diego. No, <laughs> in Cincinnati on the banks of the Ohio at Riverfront Stadium, the Freezer Bowl, where the wind chill at kickoff was negative sixty. I, I don't know if I, I, I'd go to that one. That was that's a, that's a little no, bit low on me. That's but I'll you tell you that. That's what you sit in the Barca Lounge. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> That's why I like rooting for a summer game. Um, and I like chilly weather, but there's a difference between chilly weather and Hoth. And I don't want to be on Hoth. I'm uh, trying to get to the ballpark on a tauntaun. Yeah, I <laughs> thought they spelled bad on the outside. But, so, it's interesting. You brought up in the in the FanDuel promo that St. Louis is the favorite one. And while I think that is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, who are not a sponsor, but I, I think that's banana boats. But I do understand to a degree. I mean, St. Louis is just a year removed away from being the consensus right. pick to win the division and running away with it previously. Um, it's interesting that Milwaukee gets no love. They still have Corbett Birds and a bunch of the players there. I think that you're going to see a real scrum in the National League Central here. I think 87 wins wins that division, Yep, which is why... If you are the Cubs and Cincy, knowing that you're going into this year building upon a mid-80 win or low to mid-80 win team, that get off to that good start. You know, get out of the gate looking good. And I also think, I think what would be smart for the Reds is inevitably there's going to be a bunch of players wandering the desert just before spring training. And while they are a small market team, and I hate teams using that excuse because open up the books and show me how broke you are. But that being said, uh, if there's a bunch of players, if there's some players you think, hey, you could be a good major leaguer and you want to prove that you should be getting a decent contract, come to Cincy, prove your worth, and just, just... Again, I, I'm a broken record about the, using the the Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, uh, Jock Peterson route, but the Braves put major leaguers in those spots and won a World yep. Series. If the Reds can look at any holes they have, especially in their pitching depth, but also just sort of depth, you know, make sure you've got uh, decent veterans off the bench, especially if some of the kids stumble out of the gate which is a distinct possibility, make sure you put a major leaguer in that spot. And, and yeah, 
and and I think and and because each win, these wins in April will come back. The losses in April are going to come back to haunt you when you miss the playoffs by two or three games. That was my big point on the most recent lockdown Reds is that the reason that I believe the Reds hit the over, which uh, over on FanDuel, you can check out win total over unders 82 and a half for the Reds. I think they hit the over because they will have a better first month than they had last year. Last year, they ended the first month five games under 500. But even before that, three weeks in, 22 games in, so slightly over three weeks. Right. They were 7-15, and 15, and they'd just been swept in four games at Pittsburgh, two of which they threw Luis Sessa and Luke Weaver as starting pitchers. And Luis Sessa, in the month of April, had five starts through 21 innings, gave up 23 runs. There, there's, there were some guys on that team. And in the month of April of 2023, the Reds – considered wins and losses secondary they were trying to figure out the core of their team they're trying to figure out who's here for the future because of that they missed the playoffs right they're not going to do that this year because they're all in from game one all the way through 162 and adding the players that they have although they aren't sexy kind of like we were talking about they fill the needs that they have and this is going to fill everything 87 i'm with you 87 88 that's going to win this division especially if you don't see because the reds the one thing that they they still have because they didn't trade for dylan cease or shane bieber and emmanuel class a they still have plenty of prospect capital to deal with the trade deadline to fill a need right yeah and that's why i think they should fill in needs when there's those players who are unsigned so you won't have to be in a situation but yeah those games in april count just as much so Look at uh, Jeff Carr, before we run off, uh, I am going to throw out today's uh, trivia question, which is Red-centric. The Cincinnati Reds have never had the number one overall pick. Three times they've had the number two overall pick. Name one of them. Name one of them. You can't do it because you probably know a couple of them. But name one of the number two overall picks who the Cincinnati Reds have drafted. That's your trivia question hey. for today. And speaking of number two overall picks, the Reds have the number two overall pick this year as well. <laughs> not the number one. You gotta love the lottery. You gotta, gotta love, love it. Okay, hey, uh, Jeff Carr, tell people where they go listen to your show. You can check out Lockdown Reds everywhere you get Lockdown MLB on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. And make sure to subscribe. Be in every day or let's, let's follow along with us as the Reds... Uh, are competitive for the first time in my six years of hosting this podcast. There's never been more excitement around this team than this year. And then you, and also you mentioned YouTube and that's a reminder that lockdown has launched the first ever national 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube locked on sports today. It's here for you 24 seven covering the top sports story of the day with local experts like Jeff national shows. Like with me, go to locked on sports today and YouTube subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel. Follow us at locked on MLB pods on Twitter or whatever it's called now, and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. When you subscribe down here and you leave your comment, make sure to say, Everyday Sully, so I can make sure I can see who's been posting every single day. Talking about one of the strangest divisions of baseball with one of the least strange hosts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, that's Jeff Carr. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.